Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome in, everyone, to Catfish and Ice. This is episode 65 here on this gorgeous Labor Day here in the United States of America. Very proud, very happy to be enjoying what's been a beautiful day in Nashville. How's it been up there in Kentucky, Rich? It's been gorgeous. Good? Gorgeous. Oh, it was very good. Nice. weather was very nice. Awesome. Yes, yeah, so we, we've enjoyed this Labor Day weekend. We got Preds hockey coming closer and closer. We are excited to bring you episode 65 of Catfish on Ice. We are presented by DraftKings. Of course, we got college football going on, but guess what, everyone? I know, I know all of y'all out there. You're some NFL football fans as well, and it's the week of NFL action getting going. Week one is this week of NFL football. I can't believe it. It's already here. And. Our sponsor, DraftKings, has an offer for you. Of course, it's the first Sunday of NFL season. The excitement continues with the DraftKings Sportsbook, and they've got a really good deal coming up for you right now. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 and free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game, which is coming up this weekend. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 and free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New company restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, yeah. Thursday night is what kicks off the NFL season. I believe we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. So oh boy. that should have no shortage of storylines and excitement. So, yeah, go get our DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook app. We got that promo code, THPN. That's an easy $200, folks, because all you got to do is bet $1, and you instantly win $200. All you got to do is bet on a game. So uh, go go take advantage of that offer. So, Rich, how has your Labor Day weekend been so far? As we wind good. down here on this Monday. It was good. Uh, we went to a wedding in Harrodsburg, Kentucky for the weekend. Stayed up there for a couple days and then came home today and just hung out out in the weather. It was nice. How about you? What did you do? Did you do anything fun? Well, uh, I'm in the uh, service industry, so I did work a lot. Okay. I, did wa- I got to uh, facilitate other people having a lot of fun. But I will say right. that the weather was amazing here in uh, Nashville, it's been uh, low 80s, mid 80s. The humidity's been low. The sun's been shining. Very little rain's been out there. So uh, I really uh, am thankful and grateful for the nice weather we've had here in Nashville over the last few days. It feels like fall. It really feels some, like fall. I saw some pictures on your Twitter account you took of like when it was like right at 
the sun was going down in yeah. Nashville. Like, really? Yeah. Nice. So I, I have the, I have the distinct privilege of working right on Broadway in the middle of Nashville. And it doesn't always feel that way. A lot of times it feels more like a uh, punishment than a uh, privilege, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I, uh, I get to uh, work in uh, the beautiful city of Nashville and we've been blessed with some really awesome weather. So it's yeah. been a really great Labor Day. I hope all of our listeners are having a good time with their uh, family and friends on this Labor Day. And we're bringing you a new episode of Catfish and Ice as we get closer to training camp. And we are starting our season preview series tonight because as we get closer to the season, we want to start talking about this Preds team, a very young Preds team, a very unproven Preds mm-hmm. team. I don't know if you agree with that, Rich, but I, I I don't know what to expect from this team. I absolutely agree with everything you said. All young, obviously some veterans, but we just don't know. Don't know what's happening. And according to our friend Kyle Perkins, we are 20 days, uh, if you're listening to this tomorrow, 19 days away from the first, first preseason game. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, yeah, so uh... – yeah, so Kyle Perkins, a friend of the show, uh, we're going to have him on as a guest regularly here coming up very soon, so we're excited about that. He has been putting out these countdowns every day with his memes of uh, each uh, day and how we're getting closer. I saw that he when he did the 21-day mark, uh, that's, of course, the number of Nick Cousins, and Nick um, Cousins Nick Cousins actually liked that tweet. I saw I that. that, and so uh, – our, uh, our friend Kyle Perkins is doing awesome things, and we can't wait to have him on the podcast coming up this yep. season on a regular basis. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, Kyle Perkins is at kperk86. That's his Twitter handle. So you better go follow him. So, Rich, let's go ahead and get into it. We're also bringing back Preds Trivia later yep. in this episode. We're going to put our knowledge to the test, see how much we really know. Rich has two questions he's going to deal to me. I got two questions for Rich. We'll see how we do. Uh, when we did this in the past, we all really were horrible at this. I was and especially. So, well, I'm pretty sure I I failed as well. And yeah. so uh, we'll see how we'll see if we can do a little bit better this 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 time around. But uh, let's get into our season preview, and we are starting off this week in episode 65 with the Fords, and uh, a lot of changes along with this entire roster. A lot of changes in this group. And so, Rich, how about you bring up? How about you bring up who you think in the Fords? Let's be two or three players who you think are going to be the leaders of this group going into this season. All right. So, number one, I think the the guy who we want to see the most from is Philip Forsberg. Um, he, we've said it before on the show, he's been like knocking on the door of being elite for several years. He just hasn't been able to come over, you know, take that next step. And I really feel that, you know, this will be his time to shine. And we, we're they're definitely going to need him. He's on that cusp. He's on that cusp of being elite. I feel like everyone around the league knows of him, knows who he is. They know his talents. He makes highlight reels regularly. If you watch, uh, you know, the NHL Network is one of my favorite um, – sources when it comes to watching all the highlights if let's say i'm at work and i don't get to watch any nhl action then i watch nhl network and i always watch their highlight reels of all the games they get me caught up on everything 
And Phil Forsberg is regularly in highlights on their network. The problem is he hasn't been able to take that step into that elite status just yet. He's right there, as you're saying, Rich. Yep. Yeah, so then next on the list, I would say I really want to see what um, Ellie Telvinen can do this year. Yeah. We were we were blessed with uh, his awesome play when he finally got into the roster, and then he got hurt and and didn't come back as strong. But um, man, I just I'm looking for great things for him, and just I want to see him just shine next year uh, in a big way. And I think he's capable, definitely. Yeah, he's got he's got a he's got a he's kind of got some pressure on him a little bit now because he he's got that he's got that new contract. A lot of people feel like it's a team friendly deal front office went out there and got themselves what we think is a bargain. So now he's, he, I'm telling you, it doesn't take long for a player to go from being a fan favorite to being someone who man, <laughs> fans are like, you know what? You, I, I hate to look at it this way, but he's going to be under that microscope. He will. Uh, he's kind of past that, that point where, okay, fans are not going to be patient with him anymore. No, they, they need him to go out there. So if he goes out there, uh, God forbid, goes out there and has a really rough season this year, I'm not going to say it's going to be fair necessarily, but fans are going to come down hard on him and the critics are going to come down hard on him. But yeah. I don't feel like that's going to happen. I think he's on it, on the right path. Um, so the Fords, yeah. So we're, we're previewing the Fords here on episode 65 of Catfish and Ice. This is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe. Uh, your host. And uh, so looking at the Fords, I mean, it seems your starting lineup seems pretty cut and dry. Like you feel like you know who's going to start. The problem right. is you don't know what these line combinations are going to look like necessarily. That's that's kind of where we're at with the Preds, even when you're talking about the top line. Oh, yeah, especially them, lot, I would think. A lot of your great teams, they already know who their top line is going to be. Yes. Colorado Avalanche jump out at me. They're a team. They know who their top line is going to be. A lot of other teams in the league, they know who their top line is going to be. The Preds are one of those teams where you take your pick. You take your guess. We can have arguments all day from sunup to sundown on who, how the lines are going to be constructed, top line to the fourth line. Uh, and so that's what strikes me when it comes to previewing the Fords is how are the lineups going to be ranked here or be aligned by John Hines as he finally gets to go into a normal uh, regular season, as we hope, and comes out of a regular season where we're going to have a normal training camp. We've already had the development camp. We had the future stars game. All these things that John Hines has never experienced as head coach of this team, he's gotten to uh, do this this offseason with the Preds. And so – that's going to be interesting. Does he put, finally get to put his stamp on this team? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, I think he started to put his stamp on them, you know, midway through the season when they started playing better. And I think, you know, we kind of saw – I know a lot of people don't agree, but, like, they kind of started to buy into what he was wanting to do with, the, with, the, with his system or whatnot. And, actually, it seemed like he got everybody on board. And he, he did, just, yeah. He's, he's lost, and, and another he's lost thing, some pieces, but I think he yeah. needs to somehow magically capture whatever he did to get them all on that same well, track. I, think, so I, I really feel like this team is going to benefit from finally getting some uh, stability in this area when it comes to their head coach. They know the vision of the team. They know where they're trying to go. And for the last couple seasons, 
This team has been in flux. Yeah. No, no direction. No one at the steering wheel. Like not really knowing what to expect next. And it, it has a hard. When players are playing that way in a system where they don't know where they're going, they don't have any continuity. It 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 trickles onto the ice. And so I think for better or worse, the team is going into this season with some continuity and with some identity. They they found that identity coming down the stretch last season, which I feel like pushes pushed them into the postseason, which, which was they found an identity. They knew who they were. They played rugged. They played gritty. They played physical. They weren't taking crap from anybody. And I fully feel like that's going to happen again this season. That's the type of team they're going to have to be. It's not going to be pretty. But no, you get the two not. point, you get the win, you get those two points. Who cares how it was done? Yep. No, I really so wanna, that, yeah, I really want to see them do, you know, like you said, everything you just said, the grit, you know, the whole nine yards. They're going to have to even do it more, though, than this season because they've lost some big names. Who And it's going to come from the – yeah. And we're, preview, we're previewing the forwards right now. And I feel yeah. like the forwards are going to have to be defensive type – types of players in John Hines' system because that's how he is. He's a defensive-style coach. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see any of these forwards break out and be these offensive juggernauts that put up, you know, 35, 40 goals and put up 70 points. That's not happening this season. No. It's going to have to – this team's going to have to win on the sum of its parts. And what I mean by that is from the bottom of the depth chart to the top of the depth chart – they're going to all have to come together and and push this team farther than a lot of people feel like they're going to go right now. And so when I look over the forwards, there are some X factors. You already brought up Ellie Tolvanen. Uh, Cody Glass. Cody yes. Glass is a big one for me. Where does he fit into this lineup, Cody Glass? Because he comes over here via – basically he came through, through the trade with Ryan Ellis. He wasn't the initial return, but it worked out that way to where – uh, he ended up coming here from Vegas. Yep. And uh, Cody Glass is a young player that if you ask a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans, they feel like he was a bust. He did. I think he's a former sixth overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so a lot of fans had high expectations. When you're picked that high, that's what's going to come with it. That's the territory right. you're going to be in is you're, you, when you're that high of a draft pick, expectations are going to be really, really high. And there's not going to be a lot of patience shown for him. So he ends up in a new landing spot here in Nashville, but the talent is still there. He, Absolutely it he's is. got great offensive skill set, but I think he could be a really good two-way player for this team. And I'm really, really interested to see what he brings to this team out, so of, the, out of the Ryan Ellis trade. So, so where, do you, where do you see him fitting in? Yeah, so uh, I think he eventually starts off in the bottom six. Uh, I would be shocked if he's not in the starting lineup uh, against Seattle on opening <laughs> night. I could see him being on the third line. The third line for me is the hardest line to figure out right now it because is. you've got a lot of players who could either be healthy scratches or they could start. You know, Absolutely. Nick Cousins is in that conversation. Rocco Grimaldi is in that conversation. Uh, yeah, so Cody Glass is also in that conversation. And so Rem Pitlick, who a lot of people think he'll be in Milwaukee to start off with, 
But if you're all in on this youth movement, then Rem Pitlick is a player you could think about being on the third line. And so we have to wait and see. We think the fourth line is going to be pretty set based on what it was last year with uh, the herd line of mm-hmm. Colt Sissons, uh, Tanner Janot, and Matthew Olivier or Yakov Trennan. Yep. You know, Yakov Trennan and Matthew Olivier kind of battled for starting spots last season. And they're both equally good players that we want to see out there. So do you start both of them? Do you move Trennan or Olivier up to the third line? The third line is such a wild card for me it right is. now. I agree. So I, I wrote an article for Predlines. It's been a few weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, actually. And on the on the fourth line, I slotted um, Yakov Trennan, Sissons, and Olivier. I left them in place. On the third so, line? On, on the, the third four, line? The four, the oh, fourth, fourth line. Fourth line. Yeah, fourth line. Okay. Yeah, the, the herd line. Yeah, so I put them there. That's the original herd line that everybody talked about. I know when Olivier got hurt, Janot took over. But for the third line, which kind of is the one, the X factor we're talking about, I have Cody Glass, Nick Cousins, and Tanner Janot. So you have Cody Glass uh, centering I the do. third line. I do. All yeah. right. So uh, I, I can get on board with that, but that's a brand new third line you're, you're trotting out there. It is, and that and, and there's no Rocco and there and that means you're leaving out Rocco Grimaldi. Uh, as much as I hate to do that, yes, yes I did. Well, and it's a numbers game. It comes down to a numbers game. It's not it, it's not a knock on Rocco Grimaldi, but you've yeah. only got so many rosters starting roster spots. So could you actually see Rocco Grimaldi being a healthy scratch, a rotational player where he starts yeah. every now and then, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it, it hurts me to even say that and suggest it, but I, I think that's. The, the trend that's going because you look at you look at the third line you don't want to mess with the fourth line obviously I mean they're they're just they've got their identity they they know what to do but the third line do you, you know Nick Cousins is like their chief agitator on the team like you need a player like that out there you, you need him and Tanner Janot is kind of making a name for himself as the same thing you know he is a really hard hitter and a, and a good player and then you know you want to put Cody Glass in there and give him a chance so Man, it's like you said, it's so hard, and I hate to leave Rocco out, but I think that's and player more- and players like you're mentioning, Tanner Janot, Matthew Olivier, Yakov Trennan, Nick Cousins, <coughs> players like this, they fit John Hines' style. Absolutely. This this uh this rough it up style. Uh they're probably gonna take a lot of penalties, let's be honest. Um, so let's hope that penalty kill gets in order. But uh they're gonna be a rugged team, they're gonna get under team skin. They're going to agitate, like you said. Uh, they're going to want to keep these scores cl- these scores low. Like they're not yeah. trying to get shootouts. They're not trying to get in end to end, like run and gun type of uh, mm-hmm. track meets, if you will. That's not going to fit this Preds team at all. No. All you got to do is look. We're looking over the Fords right now. We're previewing the Fords, and I'm sorry. When I look over these Fords. Defense is going to have to win the day for these t- for, for this group. They're going to have to forecheck smart. They're 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 going to have to figure out ways to draw penalties and get that five on four advantage. It's not going to work well for them if they get in these track meets where they have to uh, score four or five goals to win a game. And yeah. some teams some teams have an embarrassment of riches on their roster when it comes to offensive skill set where they can get in those track meets and they can still mm-hmm. figure out a way to win. You know, their goaltender can get let three or four goals by and they're still going to figure out a way to win. Right. This Preds team cannot do that. They're going to have to win ugly. They're going to have to win low-scoring games 
And guess what? Whether you win a game six to one or whether you win a game ugly two to one, it Doesn't still matter. counts as two points in the standings. And that's so that's right. that's going to be the mo for this team. And all you have to do is look over this roster. I mean, I, I'm looking at other players who I know are going to be in the starting lineup, like Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning's another agitator. They can also score goals. He's got offensive upside to him, but he's another agitator, another hard-hitting forward. Phil Forsberg, this guy can hit. This guy is not just an offensive player. He's going to be out there uh, putting the body on people. And he does. Ryan Johansson, I saw a new element of his game last season where he was getting in there, and he was laying out the body. And he should. He's a big. He's a big boy. You're looking at you know, these he's a big player. for the Preds. You're looking at these fours for the Preds. They're going to be a roughneck team. I mean, even with their offensive players, they're going to be a roughneck team. And let's talk about these offseason losses they had. Ugh. They lost some offensive skill sets on their on their through their fours. With the first one being, of course, Victor Arvidsson. Victor yes. Arvidsson was. I mean, he was. I don't want to say the game has passed him by, but it definitely passed him by here in Nashville. To to no no fault of his own, a lot of a lot of bad luck came his way, injury bad luck came his way, but he just he didn't fit this style team anymore. And so um, you saw the writing on the wall that he was probably going to be lost in the expansion draft anyway. And so uh, David Poyle went out and decided to trade him. So he traded him to uh, the Los Angeles Kings, and so. It's like starting a new slate there. And then, of course, Cal Yarncroke was lost in the expansion mm. draft. And so you lost two really highly skilled offensive players right there. Yeah. Out of, so, out, of, out of all the ones they lost, to me, like, like you said about Arvidsson, he had some bad luck and he really hasn't been himself the past couple of seasons. The, the one that hurts the most to me is Cal Yarncroke. Yeah, I, just, I know that. I, He's one of my favorite players. I've said it. Yeah, tons it was of hard to see. He is the Swiss Army knife on that team. He could do and anything. And the first and the season opener for the Preds, they get to go against Cali Arncroke. Yep. And that's going to be very, very weird to see him skating in another uniform in Bridgestone Arena. That's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird. Uh, and then you've also, I mean, you've even got, I mean, those are the two main ones that you lose uh, when it comes to the forwards. But those are yep. two highly offensive skilled players that are suddenly gone. And so that's why you bring up Cody Glass. Maybe Cody Glass can come in there and replace some of that. That's why we're talking about players like Philip Tomasino. Give them a chance. Rem Pitlick, give him a chance. He's got a great offensive shot and speed. That's why we bring up Rocco Grimaldi, because he is an offensive type of player. But we just – we don't think John Hines is going to go that route. We think John Hines is going to go a different route, which is a more rugged style of play. And so he's going to probably select players like Nick Cousins to be in this lineup over players like Rocco Grimaldi. And so we'll see how that works out. We'll see who's a healthy scratch. That first lineup is going to be very interesting to see against Seattle. Yeah. But we've also so we've got training camp coming up, and that's going to settle a lot of this. We got to see how players are going to look. There's still players like Rem Pitlick and Philip Tomasino who could absolutely dazzle coaches in training camp and earn an opening night starters role. And so, I mean this this lineup is uh, it, this especially with the Fords. I mean, it's like a blender right now. Like shake it up and see how it looks. It is, and and what you said about. 
Tomasino and Pitlick coming into training camp. Matthew Olivier did that last year in training camp. He came in and he took a spot and he, yeah, he got put in the roster. And like he played amazing in training camp. And we know Tomasino is like itching to get on this roster. And you know, he might we might see him the first night. You know, why not? You you need to you need to try him out and see what he can do. So the roster competition for this training camp is gonna be really, really fun to watch, entertaining. Absolutely. And uh, they got their work cut out for them to figure out who's going to start. We didn't bring up Michael Granlund, who I feel like is going to have – I feel like he should be one of the front runners to lead this team in points. Uh, he was brought back. Once again, it was like deja vu from last offseason. Uh, yeah. As far as he tested free agency again yep. and got brought back. You yep. know, And so we thought it was done deal. I was Absolutely. on vacation at the time. I know you were following it closely, Rich. I was on vacation, but I remember seeing it out there. Michael Granlund is testing free agency, and I'm like, all right, well, Granlund's gone. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? Two hours later, he yep. signs with the Preds for four years, $20 million. Yep. A lot. There's some people out there who feel like he got overpaid a little bit, and maybe he did, but he was one of the most productive players, offensively speaking which isn't saying a whole lot, but he was offensively speaking, he was one of the most productive players for the team. And so they felt, they felt the need to bring him back. Yeah. Not only, not only did it say he was testing free agency, it was pretty much the tweet was like, it's a done deal. He's not coming yeah. back. Yeah. It, it was no it, way he's coming back to Nashville. It was and crazy then, that he ended up coming back. And, and so two hours later, there he is. And I so think he's, I think it's a good deal, and he finally he finally got what he wanted. He wanted you know more more years in Nashville. He got a pay raise. He he played awesome last season, you know, on a team that struggled at times. And I, I think it's good. I mean, I like him. Uh, I just I yeah. would like to see the points production obviously rise, but you know we're always going to want that. So, so seeing where Granlin starts off. Uh, in the top six, whether he's a top line or the second line, do you put him at center? Do you put him at wing? So where did you? We got to wait and see. Where do you're you asking me? Oh my gosh! Like it's such a loaded <laughs> question. I really don't know. Like it, it's it's a really tough question. I mean, I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to see what Granley can do at center. Okay, well, good. And, and, and actually, this article, I, this article I, actually, I did. That's who I had. I had him at center with. Luke Cunning, and you might disagree with this one, Ellie Tolman. On the second line? Yeah, on the second line. Okay. So, I really want to see what Granlin can do on, on at, at center, and, and, I wanna, I, and I don't want to see Matt Duchesne at center anymore. I want to see him on the wing. Good. Uh, and, and keep Ryan Johansson at center, obviously, uh, and you just got to keep hoping that Ryan Johansson can eventually uh, play like a top – top line center, you know, and he also showed some flashes down the stretch where he was playing really well. And yeah. so you're hoping you can capture whatever you captured yeah. down the stretch last season and bring it into this season. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I want to see Granlin start off as a center. Yeah. I want to see him distributing the puck, uh, generating goal opportunities for his line mates. Absolutely. Same. And so we'll see what, what happens with that. But let, let me share some, some stats here, some league ranks that I consider more offensive forward stats that, that maybe pertain 
to um, this Preds team and their forwards last season. And where are they ranked? Goals per game last season, the Preds ranked 22nd. They only averaged 2.7 goals per game. Mm. Um, I have a feeling they're going to be right around that mark again this season, most likely. I don't see them being a offensive uh, juggernaut at all. So I feel like that's where they're going to be at. Power play percentage, which has been a big sticking point for this team yes. over recent memory. Uh, they, they they ended up finishing 23rd last season, over 17% uh, success rate. They've actually steadily improved in that category over the last couple mm-hmm. seasons, but still not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. For the Preds to avoid being a non-playoff team this year, they're going to have to improve on that mark. Absolutely, they are. Goals are going to be mm-hmm. at a complete premium for this team. They got to make it. They got to prove it where it counts on the power play. So they got to be better than twenty third, and a lot of that has to do with your forwards. I know defensemen also play on the power play. I know that Roman Yossi is on the power play. I know that other position groups uh, uh, contribute to the power play. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to the forwards, I'm looking at players like Granlin and Forsberg and Johansson. Those are my top three. Produce on the power play, and of course, Ellie Tolvanen as well. I expect all four of those players, Tolvanen, Forsberg, uh, Granlund, and Johansson, I expect all four of those players to be regulars on the power play, and they have to step up and be successful in this category. Absolutely. Yeah. Better not, than, not step up everywhere, not, especially be, better, in this category. But better, better than 23rd is what I'm saying. Definitely uh, better shots, than shots, shots per game. I found this interesting. Shots per game. They were actually 14th in shots per game. Oh. Now, that doesn't rate the quality of shots. Where were those shots taken from? Right. But at the same time, they were in the top half of the league last season in shots per game at 30 shots per game. Faceoffs. They were actually a really good team in the faceoff circle. A lot of your forwards take faceoffs. Uh, we know that Matt Duchesne's regularly in the faceoff circle. We know that Ryan Johansson is regularly in the faceoff circle. They were seventh. In the league in faceoff win percentage last year, awesome. uh, 51.7%. Faceoffs are very important when you're holding the zone. If you're trying to hold the offensive zone or if you're mm-hmm. trying to regain possession in the defensive zone. So we need to we need to hope they, they keep that going there. Yep. Third period goals. We know they were comeback, some comeback uh yeah. comebacker team. Third period goals, they were eighth in the league last season with 62 third period goals. There you go. Yeah, our, blood, our blood pressure I, remembers that. Yeah, and I hate to say this, but I feel like we're going to go down memory lane again this season and that they're going to have to be really good in that category once again. I, I feel like they're going to be coming from behind a lot this season. So eighth and third period goals in the league last year. Let's see if we can do that again. Power play time on ice. They were only 21st in the league. So they didn't, they were towards the bottom in the league when it came to getting the man advantage time. So, and then their power play opportunities, they were also 17th. So also bottom of the half of the league. So we got to see this team excel in special teams once again, especially on the power play, if they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, So, I mean, there's a lot of promise but also tempered expectations when it comes to me, when it comes to looking over the forwards and previewing this part of the team and the roster. I agree. And I, 
I really feel a lot of the responsibility is going to fall on the first line. So I hate to keep referencing that article, but I put Forsberg, Johansson, and Duchesne on that first line, and I actually call them the money line because there's the most money of the team. That's um, good. Right there. I like um, it. So with that money comes the responsibility of you need to be the leaders on the team and you need to produce. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, I like what those three guys saw, what they did last season. But hey, Rich, you're going to get a lot of blowback with having Johansson and Duchesne on the top line. Two of the most criticized players on this team, if not the two most criticized players on the team. And you're going to put them on the top line. Amen. I can already I can already see it right now if that happens. I'm not <laughs> saying you're wrong. I'm saying if that happens, oh my gosh. Preds Twitter and Facebook will be in midseason form before the first game even starts. Yeah. Oh, I agree. If Johansson and Duchesne are on the top line. I agree. The thing is though, like you look at it, had their contracts been uh not what they are, one or two of those guys might not even be on the team this season. So I kind of see it as a gift to them that they're even still here, really, if you look at it legitimately. So start they, they just need, it's time to step up and do what they need to yeah. do because they're the, they're the leaders of this team now. Those well, you're, and, you're, are the and you're already stuck in the contract anyway, so you might as well. You yeah. know, I mean, you're, it's not like you're they're going to make any less money if you don't start them on the top line. So Absolutely. you might as well put them <clears throat> out there and see what happens. Yep. So. Uh, Man, Duchesne and Johansson on the top line scares me a little bit, though. I got to be honest, dude. Um, I, I, I will say, Rich, I got to break apart with you on that one because yeah, I want to see Tolvanen and uh, Forsberg on the same then, line. I actually yeah. want to see. I actually want to see Grandland centering Tolvanen and and uh, Forsberg on the top line. Oh, oh, there you go. That's what that's I want to see. I, I know that's a lot of pressure to put on Tolvanen, but I think he's ready. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If the future is now for this team, then put Tolvanen on that top line. Give him those minutes. See if he folds under pressure or see if he can make it happen. What do you yeah. have to lose? What do you have to lose? You know? You got to try. So, so uh, and then if we're really going down to it, that means on the second line, I've got to put Duchesne on the second line. I don't want him at center, though. No. So I, I would put Ryan Johansson at center. I would put Duchesne on the wing. So I still got Johansson and Duchesne on the same on the same line, just not on the first line. And then I would probably put uh, Luke Cunning on, on the wing on that yeah. line. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I left out Tomasino. So it's well, kind of like we, – And then we still don't even know if Tomasino is going to start I mean. right yeah. away. I think my money is on he's going to start eventually this season, but yeah. opening night I feel like he's going to be in Milwaukee. And and you're probably right. If you but. make me bet on it, that doesn't mean I want it to happen. That's just what I think's going to happen. So yeah. uh, that's our that's our season. That's our series preview starting off of the Preds as the season gets closer and closer. We're coming up on we're about a month and a half away from the regular season starting. We are, and we are right. about three. We're about three weeks away, <laughs> give or take, from the preseason yep. opening. Yep. And so we're, we're it's coming quick. So the, the players are taking some time off. I'm sure they're still training for the season, but it's unofficial training. They're off doing their own thing. They haven't even reported in Nashville yet, but it's coming yep. soon. 
So uh, yeah. let's get ready for that. It's going to be exciting. So that we will do next week in episode 66, we will move on to the defense and talk about the defense and preview that part of the yep. team. And so get ready for that. This is episode 65 of Catfish and Ice brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, your host. I am wearing the Catfish and Ice oh, yeah. hat Those with the awesome. leather patch. If you can see it, it's covering up my bald head, which is always a good thing. Uh, they're really good hats. We did a hat giveaway on social media on Twitter last week. And so yeah. it, it was the first like five minutes. They were all gone in about five it took, yeah, it was the first five retweets to follow us and retweet the, the post. And so those five people, if you watch the stream or you listen to the podcast, we will we, we got another shipment of hats coming soon. Uh, it takes a little while to get some of these hats in. We use a local uh, dealer who makes these hats as a local business. I'm always going to support local businesses when I can that makes the hats for us right here in the Nashville area. So that they're going to make some more hats for us, and we will get some hats to those winners. So we appreciate that. We're going to do more merchandise giveaway in the future, so stay tuned for that. Can't wait to do it. It's a really good hat. It fits well. Um, I'm a hat guy, and so uh, Rich is going to have his hat, I think, soon. I don't think awesome. his hat's gotten to him set, gotten to him yet. He lives all the way up there. He lives up there in a foreign land up in Kentucky. So uh, yeah, no hockey up here. Rich so, lives yeah. north of the border. So uh, north of the border, north of the border, which is a Kentucky. So uh, yeah, so uh, he's gonna get his hat soon. And yeah. so even though Rich isn't much of a hat guy, but it's okay. I'm not, but you know I do. It's, he'll it's he'll wear the cap. He'll wear the official catfish and ice hat. I guarantee. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even if he doesn't want to, I'm going to make him wear it. So. No, I will. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> All, All right. right. That's awesome. All right. And so let's get in. Let's get into uh, let's get into some press trivia. We haven't done this in a while. Oh, boy. And the last time we did this, it was a train wreck because none of us could get any of them right. And we normally come up with some, we normally come up with some really tough questions because that's what makes it fun. And so um, as we're doing this, if you're watching the stream, or even if you look down on the podcast the next day and listen to it, let us know what your answers would have been, or if you would have yeah. even known these questions. And so uh, I'm going to start off with this question, Rich, and this is a tough one. But if you do some process of elimination, and I'm going to let you think this out. All right. If you do some process of elimination, and you really break down the question, I feel like you should be able to get three of these five answers. It's basically like name three of these five and I'll give you credit for the question. Okay. Here's, here's the question. We just went through a large chunk of the Preds' current roster right now. Active players. We went through a lot of them. Name me three of the top five active Preds who have the most career points in their careers. They don't really? now let let me, let me break down this question for you because it's a loaded question. These are NHL career points. They don't have to be for the Predators. That's just their career points, and they have to currently be playing for the Predators right now. Name hmm. me three of those top five. Three of the top five. Okay. So in, any order, to... just, in any order, just name three of the top five, and you better not be cheating right now. Well, I'm not cheating. I'm looking at the roster. You can look at the roster. That's that's, that's fair. I'll allow that. So everybody who is on there right now, so I'm they have to, to be on the team and they can be their total NHL points. So I'm gonna say one of them is Matt Duchesne. Okay. I'm not gonna he, tell you're right until you he, name them all. Played played 
a long time, and I know he used to score a lot of points. He used to. That's the key part of that. Exactly. <laughs> before he before he got to the Predators, he used to score a lot of points. Exactly. So All then, right. when I look down the line, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Mikael Granlund. Okay. Because I know when he was in Minnesota, he had some really big seasons. He was he was basically a seventy point scorer. He was like two Absolutely. years two years in a row. He was like high sixties, and now he's like a shell of himself. So we're seeing a common theme here. We're seeing a common theme here. Players <laughs> who used to be correct. great point scorers, they suddenly get to the National Predators and they can't score points. Yep. All right. So I only have to have three. Okay. So the other one I'm going to say, Philip Forsberg, because he's just. Well, well, all right. Well, go ahead. All right, Hot Shot. Go ahead and name me more, two more to give me your five. Oh my gosh, man. Um, you, I, I haven't told you if you're right yet or not. So I know. I might not even five. be right. You got to name five. Right. Gosh, just looking at these guys. Um, you've named Phil, you've named Phil Forsberg, Mikael Granlin, and Matt Duchesne. I need two more to fill out your top five, and I'll tell you if you got three of them right. What about what about Roman Yossi? Okay, so there's four. That's a good one, I think. And then um, we need one more for me. This is the toughest one out of all of them. Um, I don't know, Ryan Johansson. <clears throat> Wow, a clean sweep for Rich Howe. Five out of five. He didn't name them in order necessarily, but he did get all five right. Just for fun, even though I'm giving you credit, go ahead and go one through five. Come on, go ahead and do it. One through you gotta, five. You, you got the, uh, they are the top five, hmm. but now you got to name, name them for me in order. Uh, starting, Phillip, starting, you want to go one to five or five to one? Whatever. I'll go prefer. five. I'll go one to five. Philip okay, Forsberg. So one. Philip Forsberg. List them, and then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. Gosh, man, you're making this so hard. I know. I'm a horrible. Philip horrible Forsberg. Person. Um. Dang. Um. Ryan Johansson. Uh, Matt Duchesne, Roman Yossi, Mikhail Granlin. All right, so you named all five, but you didn't get the order right, but it's okay. Okay. So who'd you say was number one, Philip Forsberg? Philip Forsberg. You are wrong on that one. So so number one is actually – you're off by a lot on that one, actually. Okay. Number one is Matt Duchesne with 602 career points. Wow. The mm. next closest is Ryan. You say Ryan mm. Johansson was number two, so I'll give you that. Okay. Ryan Johansson has 464 career points. So a big gap between number one and number two. <laughs> That's a massive gap. Number three is Roman Yossi with 446 points. So him and, Ro- and Ryan Johansson are pretty close together. Then you got another pretty big jump down to number four, Philip Forsberg, 385 points. Number five, mm. Michael Granlund at 379. And if you didn't want to, if you want to illustrate how much the Preds have gone to a youth movement, like everyone's been saying, look at that list. Because after yep. you get by number five, it drops down significantly uh, when it comes it to career offensive production. Because after Mikael Granlund, it drops down to Matthias Eckholm at 219 career points. So that's <laughs> that's like a hundred. Yeah, that's like a hundred sixty point difference. And then after Eckholm, I mean, it's 
you've got a tons of young players who haven't played that long. I don't even know. So, I mean, we just named all the guys who've been on the team probably the longest. So we're talking about like a very small group of veterans who have NHL experience with offensive production. And then it comes down to a lot of unproven players who are going to have to step up their games this season, which is why a lot of people have the Preds finishing second to last in this division with the Arizona Coyotes. So those six guys we named, that's that's the leadership of the team, right? Yeah, because after you drop down from Ekholm at 219 career points, you're getting down to players who have – 100 yeah, points right. or less. I mean, you've got Colton yeah. Sissons, who's got a – I think he's got a little bit above 100 points for his career. But, yeah, after you get past Eckholm, your your career NHL offensive production massively drops off. Wow. Yeah. That just, that, that just really hits at home. It hits at home. When you hit, when it, hits, it hits at home when you look at the top five and you see the drop off after that. Man. So, uh, that, 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 that blew my mind when I saw that. That's so, uh, all right. And so now, Rich, you got a question for me. Let's see if all I can right, get so, it right. Yeah, everybody who, who listens probably knows Chad's like been following the team since they started, basically. I well, have not. So the, the history questions get me a lot of the time. So he might know this off the top of his head. But I, I let's think hope. Let's good. see. So I got it on my phone. I'm going to read it. The first two games of the 2000-2001 season were not played in the United States or Canada. Which country were they played in? Oh my gosh! It's, hold on, there's, it's it's multiple choice: A. Great Britain, B. Sweden, C. Japan, or D. Finland. And the Preds played in these two games. There was the oh, the the first two games wow. of that of that season. I don't even remember this. I was also twelve years old at the time, Rich. So thanks well, a lot. You, but, but you followed the team, so you. you I was too busy like running around and being a kid and like all climbing right. tree. I was like climbing trees and like doing fun things that kids do. But all right, I'm gonna make a guess. All right, so uh, g- give me the multiple choice so one more time. <clears throat> it's Great Britain is A, B Sweden, C Japan, D Finland. I'm going B Sweden. That is incorrect. Ah. It was Japan. They played wow. they played the Pittsburgh Penguins two games in Tokyo, Japan. The the scores were both the same. The Predators won the first one. It was like three to one or three to two. And then Pittsburgh won three I to two. I had no idea. I, I did not know one. that at all. And the two largest crowds to ever watch hockey in Japan, there's like thirteen thousand five hundred at both of the games. So wow. Yep. That there is crazy. I never knew that. That's you taught yeah. me something new about Preds yeah. history. Um, I will say that even though I've been a fan of the team since they first came here, <laughs> I did not actually start really like following the team and really like re- like caring about them to the point where I watched every game until the days when Paul Korea got here right. and the Preds started going to the playoffs. That's kind of when I really started. Yeah. But wow, so that's that's their. So that's their third season in the league because they went 99-98, then 99-2000. So Mm -hmm. 2000-2001 would have been their third season in the league. I'm going to have to actually look that up. I know, right? Did you uh, happen to look up the backstory on that and why they played in Japan or anything like that? I didn't. I think it was just – well, you know, they were supposed to open up – they were supposed to play in – where is it? Roman Yossi's from? Roman Yossi's from uh, Switzerland, right? Switzerland, yeah. yeah. They were supposed to play 
two game or a game last season. Yeah, in, in Switzerland. So they kind of do that, you know. They they go. And That's really cool, though. Again, like, you don't hear about get hockey games in Japan, and the, and you throw out the, the crowd the crowd number there thirteen thousand to see a game. That's really cool. I did yeah. not know that. I learned something new tonight. I love that. I That's awesome. Either. Yeah. It's cool. All right. So 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 for all of our listeners there. Um, let us know if you knew about that or what you thought about that. That's really that's really really cool. All yeah, right, I got a, I got a multiple choice question coming to you, uh, good Rich. This is a press trivia here as it comes back to the Catfish and Ice podcast. This is episode sixty five that you're listening to. All right, so I completely botched my question. Rich is got his first one right. He swept it on a really tough question. All right, I'm giving you multiple choice here, Rich. Thank goodness. How many seasons? Have the Preds finished above a hundred point, or how how many seasons have the Preds had a hundred plus points? Is it A five, B seven, C four, or D eight? How many seasons have they finished with a hundred points or more? I gave you a really tough one there. That is hard. So what is it? Seven, eight, five, and four. No, A five, B seven, C four. D eight, and hey, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna help you out a little bit here because you're not big on Preds history. The Preds did not become a hundred point type of team until the late 2000s. So, like, I'm talking like 2007, 2006, 2008 ish. That's when they really started becoming a team that was really good in the regular season. So you can already cross off. Do some, do some process of elimination here. You know That's they right. didn't score 100 plus points in 98, 99, 2000, 2001. So I'm trying I'm trying to help you out here. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I'm I'm thinking 5, but I might give them some credit and say 7. So 7. 7 7 seasons. So you're going B7? Uh, man, I don't Damn! know. Damn. This guy's on fire. <laughs> Press trivia. Rich gets it right. That's awesome because, right. like, last time we did yeah. this, I failed miserably. He, they, they've had seven hundred point seasons in Sweet. their, in their. What is it now? Twenty? How many 20, seasons they got under their belt now? 21, 22? 22, 23. That's so. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty. So good. around around a third of the time in their franchise's history, they've gotten over hundred points. That's awesome. So that's that's actually uh, pretty impressive when you think about it. You wish you had a Stanley Cup to. Uh, to put with that, but be that as it may, in their in their in their twenty plus year history, little over two decades of being around, they've actually had a lot of success. That's so, all right, you got you got you got one more question for me, Rich. I do, and this this, this one's probably this, you might know this. This one's hard, I think. Um, so you know, they recently announced that the NHL players are going to be in the Olympics. Yes, so that, that's awesome. Like, I like the Winter Olympics, but that makes it even well, better. Wait, before you get to your question. Let's talk about that for a second. All and right. Then we'll get to that question. Oh, yep. Let's talk about some of the current press players. Who do we think are going to be in the Olympics? We know Roman Yossi will be in the Olympics most likely, right? Roman Yossi. Uh, well, um, well, do we expect Philip Forsberg to represent uh, uh, Sweden in the Olympics? I think so. All right. Yeah. Um, let's, um, let's go down the list here. Um, you see do, you, do we think so? I, I've, Finland, I think yeah. So. I mean, I, here's the deal. you got to look at all the NHL Finnish goaltenders. You know, because just because he's, I would think so. I think he's I got a good so. chance. 
Just because so, uh, yeah. So there's there's three right there. Grandland. What's Grandland's nationality? Oh, it's escaping Sweden? me. Is he from Sweden? I think Google is an amazing thing. So let's find it out here. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, he's Finnish. He, he's Finland. Yeah, because I saw yeah. an interview. UC Saros said he moved to like Helsinki. I I would be I'd be really surprised if Grandland's not representing yeah. uh, Finland uh, in the Olympics. So that's four right recently, there. Saro said he recently moved to Helsinki and like all the Finnish players practice in this one facility together from the NHL. And he said, he mentioned Granlin and Tolvanen were practicing where they practice. So yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. And Matthias Ekholm, I think Matthias Ekholm should most, I think he's got a good chance of maybe being in yeah. the Olympics as well to represent, you know, to represent Sweden as well. And so, um, I think it kind of stops there, though. Those yeah. five, I really can't I think of any other players. Matt Shane, Ryan Johansson, they're not going to be in the Olympics. Um, yeah, I really can't think of any other players on this that current be, team. Those yeah. are my five right there. For Team Canada? Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, Canada's, Canada's a lot of competition to make Canada. Absolutely. So, uh, I think those five are probably your top five that would, on the Preds roster, they're going to represent their that, countries. That makes sense. The Olympics. All right, so uh, go ahead and give me your question. Here's your question. Who was the last player to win a gold medal in the Olympics while they were on Nashville's roster? Oh, wow. So on on the year that they won, on the 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 year year when this player – well, yeah, okay. So it was was, was 2014. Well, I I gave it away. Dan Dan Hamuse was on the Olympic team, as was Matt Duchesne. But neither of them were obviously predators. So who was the, the player who won a gold medal? I got this one. All right, who is it? It's Shea Weber. It is Shea Weber. He won. He won. A I would have got. Hey, I would have got. I would have gotten that even if you didn't give me Dan Hamus. Yeah. And yeah, I would have gotten that either yep. way. So he actually won a gold medal in 2010 and 2004. Well, I remember. I remember Shea Weber being in the Olympics and being a big deal. Like yeah. I remember watching that 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 part of my Preds history I can't tell you yeah. about. Yeah, that was awesome, Shea yeah. Weber was a big part of that Canada team. He that team was stacked as you yeah. would expect Canada to be, and mm-hmm. so um, you kind of gave me a softball there, but I'm glad I yeah. finally got one right at least. Hey man, you know, ending this press. I'm, I'm ending press trivia on a good note here because it's been a rough sledding for me, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, awesome. yeah, Shea, Shea Weber was a beast on that candidate team. He was a big part of that, especially 2014. He was, was still he was still prime. elite status then. Yeah, he was prime mm-hmm. Shea Weber then. So uh, yeah. good question though, Rich. Very good question. Yeah. All right, so yeah, cool. uh, so again, we talked about the Olympics. Olympics are coming up. That's really awesome. We hope that that ends up happening. NHL players right. finally get back into the Olympics. Training camps coming up. Yep. How do you like feel about that. training camp? What do you, do you think? Th- Name me some players who you think can earn a roster spot through training camp um, performance. I think the the big one would be Tomasino. Yeah. Um, I know I would like to see Ference. Like yeah, David Ference. A real, a real good David Ference is definitely in the conversation. Eventually, I think David Ference is probably going to be a big part of Milwaukee's blue line. He's probably going to be one of their top players. But I could see – the Preds going off the rails early on in the season. I hope it doesn't happen, but I can see the yeah. Preds going off the rails and David Ferentz has to get called up. 
And yep. he's already shown that he has the skill set. He in his very small sample size, he played oh, very he well did. for them last year. He sure did. I think it's much like Tomasino, David Ferentz, it's a matter of time before yep. he's on that NHL level. And we're going to preview the defenseman next week in our preview series, our season preview series. So we don't want to yep. get too far ahead of ourselves. But David Ferentz is a is a, is an X factor in this training Absolutely. camp coming up here. And then another so, another one I'd like to see, and I know you're big on him, is Afanasiev. Well, um, he's not. Gonna, I, I, I know he's not going to make yes. the roster. I know he's not going to make the roster. But I just do we want think him he, to do we make, do we think he's going to actually be in training camp though? Oh, I think so. All yeah, right. he's going. Uh, yeah. I don't. He'll be in Milwaukee, so I bet he would. I don't see. Why yeah, I don't, don't think he's going to be on the roster. No, Brett's no, roster. No. This no. season, I think he's probably a full – he needs a full season in Milwaukee, but I do love me some Igor Afanasyev. He's yeah, one of my favorite prospects. Yeah, I just want to see him get into the flow of it and just, you know, yeah. get used to playing that game. Well, he's he's never been in the AHL yet. We haven't seen exactly. him in AHL action with Milwaukee yet. So, um, yep. that's a really um, exciting thing to see is that now we're going to finally get to see him, uh, yep. you know, level up to a new league. And honestly yep. – He's already played in the KHL right now. And so uh, we had on the future, we had on the future Mm -hmm. uh, press prospects on last weekend. Uh, Eric Denae gave us a lot of good information on the prospects. (laughs) And we talked about Afanasiev a little bit. And we feel like a good one full season of AHL experience will be really good for him. And then next season is when the target will be like, okay. But yeah, if he's in training camp, let's see what he does in training camp against so. uh, fellow NHL players. Yep. It would be really fun to watch. Rem Pitlick's another player who could benefit greatly from this training camp. Again, he's been on the NHL roster before already, and yep. so you're looking for him. I've got two other two other people. They're not youngsters who I want to see just have like good things talk said about them throughout yeah. the whole training camp. All right, who is it? UC Soros, David Riddick. There you wanna, go. I want to hear about well, here, yeah. how awesome goaltending yeah. that they're doing because that is going to be huge for next season. Huge. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know if we're going to learn that much from UC Soros in the training camp. But I want to see just good, we wanna, good reports. But, what, yeah, definitely with David Riddick. I would love to yeah. see really good reports from him like, hey, he's out here making – Crazy saves. He looks comfortable with his new team. Absolutely. We want to see those reports because uh, David Riddick. He comes in here with a little pressure. I know you don't. I know you don't associate pressure with a backup goaltender, but let me tell you, David Riddick is coming in here having to pretty much take a new seat at the table mm-hmm. for a seat that's been filled by Pecorine and or UC Soros for the past four seasons. Absolutely. And, and so now don't he, know. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to, I was just going to say now he's got a show like, Hey, Nashville's always been really good with their goaltenders. I'm ready to come in and be part of that. Yep. And we need to see, we might see Riddick, you know, we know that Saros is notorious for having slow starts of the season. We've said that multiple times. Yeah. So that that's where the pressure is going to come in for for well, Riddick. Like yeah, now that we're on an eighty-two game season, we know we're going to see Riddick on back-to-backs. And when I looked yep. at the schedule, I don't have the exact number, but I want to say it's in the ballpark of seven or eight back-to-backs the Preds have this season. So we know we'll see him then. Um, 
when you're in today's NHL, I'm sorry, but your backup yep. has to be quality. And so uh, yeah. I feel good about it. I think I you could be a really good steady veteran that can come in and and not be a liability. Yep. I don't think we have to like take deep breaths and be nervous when he comes in when Saros isn't starting. No. I don't feel that way about him at all. So uh, we'll just have his to wait and see. His nickname is Dave. Dave. So. And so you want to talk about bonus points? If, if David Riddick comes in and and is a game stealer when he does start, he just he's one of those goaltenders that just steals games you're not supposed to win. That would be – and we know he has it in him. He's been in this league for a while. He's a veteran. Yep. I feel really good about David Riddick being back up to UC Soros. I feel really good about it. Yep, I do too. Yep. So, yeah, look, look, we need good reports from him. And then I also want to see good reports from the youngsters that played well last season. I don't want them mm-hmm. to have sophomore slumps, if you will. I don't want them to come into this season and suddenly take a dip backwards like it was a fluke. I, You know, I want to see your Tanner Janos and your and your uh, – Matthew Olivier's. I want to see all them come in and look really confident, look yep. really charged up and ready to take over. Oh, yeah. we, we're going to need to see that. I'm I'm here for that too, definitely. All here for it, absolutely. And so, um, that's awesome. So yes, so we're getting closer and closer this season. Uh, we can't wait to bring it to you. We appreciate all the listeners. Real quick, Rich, I got one more uh, thing I got to ask about you here. What? You made your predictions last last week. Oh boy! You said eighty-five points. <laughs> will will training camp? If let's say they have a really good training camp in preseason, will that do an, be enough to maybe improve your prediction to, from eighty-five points? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it just depends. I wish I wish there was a way I could go to training camp or watch or something. Just so you get that experience to see what's happening. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if we get good reports, then, you know, I'm definitely well, down for – Well, you know, training camp – For a lot of people, training camp – For a lot of people, training camp doesn't hold a lot of weight because you're like, okay, you're competing against each other. How much can yeah. you really learn? But when it comes yeah. to this Preds team, I actually go the other way. I kind of feel like – yeah, I kind of feel like if they come out and have a really, really strong training camp and they're they look really crisp and sound and they're not making bad mistakes and they're showing a lot of team chemistry, then because that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about team chemistry because there's oh, so many new true. players and they've gone through so many changes. You know, a lot of us are worried about that locker room. Are they together? Are they ready to come together after losing so many important key players like Ryan Ellis and Kyle Yarncroak, Victor Arvidsson, and Pecorine, you know, among others that they've lost. Um, Yeah, you got to wonder, can this team – I want to see team chemistry in training camp. I want to see them gelling together. That will make me feel really good. So, uh, training camp's coming up soon. Next episode 66, we will will have another awesome guest for you lined up. We're going to preview the defensemen. And so stay tuned. We got great stuff coming up. Once the yep. season oh. starts, yep. what's up? That's what I was getting ready to say. What you're getting ready to say, go ahead. Once the season starts, we're doing two episodes a week. We are going to be yep. grinding away just like the Preds are. We can't yep. wait for it. Kyle Perkins, he's been on the show before. He will be joining us weekly for a segment. Can't wait for that. 
a lot of you know about Kyle Perkins. So uh, stay tuned for that. This yep. has been episode 65 of Catfish and Ice with Rich Howe and Chad Mitten, your host. We can't wait to bring episode 66 to you next week. Until then, everyone have a great week. We hope you enjoyed your Labor Day weekend with your friends and family. And we will see you next week.